0: I want to turn our attention to the issue of fentanyl. And look, we've got an ongoing opioid crisis in this country on twofold, right? There's an addiction crisis, but there's also an overdose crisis, a toxic drug crisis. And that speaks more uh, to the challenge that fentanyl has posed and the devastation it has caused. So there's a lot of talk about what we can do to try to address all of these issues, but it's all after the fact, right? You know, the drugs get in and they're wreaking all of this havoc. How much of the conversation can be, needs to be, and should be about keeping this stuff out in the first place? As our next guest asks uh, in his uh, op-ed this morning, will 2024 be the year Canada finally gets serious about the fight against fentanyl? Well, joining us to talk more about this issue, the piece he um, wrote, as mentioned, you can find it at NationalPost.com. Very pleased to welcome the program here this morning, Gary Clement. He's the author of the book Undercover, Inside the Shady World of Organized Crime at the RCMP, which was published uh, this past fall by Optimum Publishing International, longtime veteran of the uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Gary, so great to have you
1: with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much, Rob, for having me back.
0: Right. And when you say, you know, is this the year we're finally going to get serious? I mean, the implication here, and and maybe it's an obvious conclusion, we we really haven't been serious up until this point, have we?
1: No, we haven't. Um, I mean, the mere fact that now we're finding uh, fentanyl labs in British Columbia, or at least they found one uh, in April, gives an indication that we're now becoming a supply country. Uh, The precursors are still flowing Uh, basically with uh, no problem at all out of China going into Mexico or now it looks like it would what appears coming into Canada and you know the reality of it is we've we really got to get a handle on this but in order to do that it's time that governments at all levels understand the threat that China poses and that they have formed relationships with the triads, which is the Asian-based organized crime, uh, which works to their benefit and works to the detriment of uh, basically Western-style countries, including Canada and the United States.
0: Right. And so this is where we need to start the conversation here. Uh, what is, and or who is at the source of this? And, and as you point out in your piece, uh, China is the main supplier of fentanyl to the United States, Mexico, and Canada.
1: Correct. So and, why? Yep. Well, there's a, you know there's two uh, rules of thought on it, but the, I think the one that I probably subscribe to, if you go back, and that's what it you know history teaches us a lot. I think you'd agree. One of the things that happened uh, in sort of the evolution of China was the Opium Wars, and you know I think this is somewhat retaliatory for what happened during the Opium Wars uh that really occurred because uh it, you know i mean the uk allowed it to flow in with unstocked and sort of promoted it and they ended up with a real addiction problem secondly what it does is it disrupts uh canada and the united states because of the uh, p- drug problem and it's impactful so china is you know they're able to sort of uh, manipulate countries. I think they've done a very good job of it. We saw it in the last elections. So, you know, there's a lot of reason this is being done, but nobody wants to call it as it is, and that's reality. Um, You know, we need to get serious and accept that there is a risk to China and start putting some really strong controls on it and have those politicians that have got in bed with China, uh, they need to be called in, questioned, and if at all uh, show that relationship either charge or remove from the roles because it's, it is impacting us immensely, and it's going to impact us down the road.
0: Well, no kidding. I mean, like with any other challenge or problem, if you're not acknowledging, you know, the main source of the problem, you're, you're never going to, to solve it, are you?
1: Well, that's exactly it. And... and For far too long, our politicians have done nothing. They've they've argued that it's beneficially, economically, to our country. And unfortunately, that's the farthest thing from the truth. We've we've lost so many of our, you know, I mean, go back to Nortel, which basically uh, lost all of its intellectual property. It was remanufactured in China. And as a result, uh, Nortel went bankrupt. Uh, We're seeing the Chinese students going into our universities and and stealing uh, a lot of the research that's being done. These type of things we have to accept is a reality of dealing with China, and we need to uh, close those loopholes. If we don't, I think as a country we're in serious problems.
0: Now, do the RCMP, I mean, it seems like the RCMP are well aware of all of these issues, right? So it's not as though law enforcement are in the dark about any of this, I would imagine.
1: Well, I think they're aware of it, but let's, you know, let's call it as, as the reality is. The government over the last uh, probably decade, uh, almost two decades, have, uh, as well as the RCMP management, haven't focused on federal policing. It's been totally underfunded, and as a result, there is not a capacity that came out very strong in the uh, Cullen Commission, in British Columbia. There's not a capacity to take these these things on with the right expertise. So that's another area that I think everybody needs to look at. We need to realize that we need a very strong federal capacity to take these type of investigations on and take it seriously, as does CSIS. I mean, I think CSIS came out recently. They uh, talked about they want to brief uh, corporations on how they see uh, various uh, Chinese uh, individuals or or groups uh, trying to infiltrate their organization. They want to have the right to brief them on what they found in intelligence. So, yes, I think we know about it. I think our our politicians are still, uh, for some reason, naively blind to it. And we need to get them to understand that this is going to impact Maybe not my generation, but probably yours and your children's and your grandchildren uh, if we don't get this right and get it right soon.
0: Yeah, there's one concerning aspect to this as well that you touch on in your piece. It's not just that fentanyl is coming into Canada, um, but it's almost, you know, it's it's now coming out of Canada, right? Where Canada's, and, and certainly, you know, the Vancouver area is becoming this, this footprint now where... You point out to uh, you know the the major fentanyl lab that was discovered just outside of Vancouver last year. So are we now becoming part of the problem where these same gangs that are bringing in here, they're now using Canada as a base to to export elsewhere?
1: Well, very much so. I mean, in Australia, we're we're being considered a, uh, a supplier to Australia. Um, you know, we we've, we've had about forty one thousand deaths since uh, twenty sixteen. We're losing about 22 people a day uh, because of it. Not only that, the other thing is that it sort of struck me over the Christmas when we kept talking about these hospitals being shut down and not able to cope. And I do know a couple of doctors that work in emergency and a lot of the reason they're being shut down or not able to cope is because they're having to deal with these uh, overdoses where individuals are rushed in and they're having to deal with them. that takes up three to four medical staff for every individual that rushed in. Well, think of how that affects an emergency ward. So there's a number of impacts that we really need to look at that are hitting a square in the face, but we're not calling it what the reality is. And I think we need to get a handle on it.
0: Does this also speak to, you know, the problem of maybe having the RCMP trying to be too many things or do too many things to have a more focused, capable federal police force to adjust? Like, these are the kinds of issues that you need something like that for, isn't
1: it? Rob, I've been, I guess, espousing that view for 10 years. Uh, I loved my time in the RCMP. It was a great organization, but we're dealing in a different world. Uh, transnational organized crime is far more complex than it was when i went in in 1973 and the rcmp has to quit being all things to all people i was on the panel in alberta that uh, espoused a view that we uh, alberta should have its own provincial police service and its own municipal services because we need a strong federal force and what provinces and municipalities need to realize they can argue and fight to keep the RCMP as a municipal force, but indirectly it's impacting them because that means that the federal side of the RCMP is not going to be beefed up as quickly as it should be, and that directly impacts transnational and criminal organizations and municipalities and provinces. So, yes, we need to take this seriously. The RCMP needs to be uh, focused on federal policing so we can take these things on like the FBI and DEA
0: we mentioned your op-ed it's uh, up at nationalpost.com and we mentioned the book uh, that was released just this past fall it's called undercover inside the shady world of organized crime and the rcmp gary thanks so much for making some time for us here this morning really appreciate your insight on all this